It's been said a couple of times today. Uh, so I'll say it one more in case you missed it. Happy New Year. Uh, <laughs> um, here's to a good 2020, and, and we're starting off this series, and it's, it's New Year, New Heart, New Life, New Hope, and we're going to talk about all those things over the next three or four weeks. Um, and I realized that whether it's a new year or a new day or a new month, kind of across the board, our news seems to still be, well, usually depressing. Uh, our culturally, what's coming out in our news, uh, it seems we haven't, we celebrated a new year, but outside of that, uh, like Richard said, everybody was going back to all these bad things that have happened or all these bad things that are happening. And, and it's the same for us personally, not just in our, in our world, but it seems like a lot of times there's, the news we get is that our health is failing, or we lost a job, or something happened, and maybe for you, you may be starting out this year with some bad news, something unexpected. Or maybe you're like me, and you're ending a period where for every year, for myself, for the last nine years, every year I've gone to the hospital for something, and not just to visit you all, for something that was wrong with me. And I don't need any comments out of that because the list is long of what's wrong with me, and I know that. But maybe you've just been to the hospital a lot, and, and you look back on this year, and you're like, wow, it was a rough year. Well, as we get into this new series, I think the question we can ask is, is there any good news for the new year? Thank you. Yes, there is. In fact, I want to remind us of some fantastic news, some glorious news as we start out a new year together. And it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And just so you know, you might as well highlight that in your Bible because we're going to see it a lot over the next few weeks. And here it is. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Amen. You can say amen. It's okay. There's your good news. And it's not just for the new year or, or, or for the few months, but it's that right there is good news for the rest of your life. I want you to know that. You and I, we were made brand new when we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. So we can go boldly into any year, especially this one. We can go into any decade. We can go into any situation knowing that we, were been, we have been made new by Christ. And as we come into this new year, know that you have received a new heart, a new life, and a new hope in Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about those. And listen, I would say that those things and that verse is not just good news. I'd say it's great news, wouldn't you? I think sometimes we tend to forget, or at the very least, we take for granted exactly what Christ did for us and what we have in Christ, this new heart, new life, new hope. And so as we go through this month, uh, we're going to look at these things through the lens of, of exactly that. What does it look like to have a new heart in Christ? What does it look like to have a new life in Christ? What does it look like to have that new hope in Christ? And what is your responsibility to do with those things? And I just lost half of you because I said you had responsibility. <laughs> Second Corinthians. And, and there will be some overlap in these messages, but I just want you to know ahead of time, I'm okay with that. And it's designed that way. But again, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In this new year, I think it's important 
that we understand we are a new creation. It's important to know that because we get caught up a lot in the negativity and we forget whose we are. We forget what we're here for. We forget the reflection that we're supposed to be. And I will remind you repeatedly that you are a new creation. But it doesn't stop just with the fact that you're a new creation. Uh, It doesn't stop. You see, when we become a new creation in Christ, it means that we have a responsibility. And in case you don't know, the responsibility you have is to die to your old self. And now I'm meddling already in the new year. You have to die to your old self. You have to get rid of the old junk. We all do. We have to make room for Jesus. I think sometimes our hearts and our minds get like our garages after Christmas. I don't know about you, but my garage is always in the worst possible shape after Christmas. We love Christmas. We have a lot of Christmassy things. Some of you have helped me pull all those Christmassy things out of the attic, and, and my garage has a lot of boxes for our Christmassy things, and we're, we're starting to slowly put them back, sadly putting them back. Yes, my Christmas tree will be up until probably after February I told Mitzi I want to just take the ornaments off and I want to decorate a Valentine's tree just because I love our Christmas tree. And then I want to decorate an Easter tree just because I love Christmas lights. I'm, I'm going to tell them what you did. It's coming. We love Christmas so much. Mitzi said last night, I'm going to sleep on the couch because I like to wake up to the Christmas lights on the tree. I said, wait, you're going to sleep here all night? Nope, I'm just going to fall asleep until I wake up. But when I do wake up in the middle of the night, I want to wake up to the Christmas lights one more time. Then I'm coming to bed for real. All right. (laughs) We like the Christmas stuff. But it takes up most of my garage when we get it all down. And now I sadly have to pack it all up. And I think our, our hearts and our minds get like what I call the Christmas garage. We've got a nice path you can get in and out of the garage but that whole other side is mostly Christmas boxes. Maybe your heart and your mind, and maybe you're not the Christmas people, but I know some of you, are, you're this person. You've got that one item in your bedroom. Maybe it's a treadmill. Maybe it's a, a stationary bicycle. Maybe it's one of them elliptical thingies. But the reality is it's become a glorified closet because that's where you've started hanging some things or sorting laundry. I see you looking at each other. Husbands and wives are going, he just called you out. It's not the point. Just trying to get us to understand what happens when we get comfortable with where we are. We forget that we need to work out physically. We forget that we need to work out spiritually and our minds and our hearts become like that treadmill in our room, an additional closet, a landing place for our clothes or our Christmas garage. I think maybe it's time for us to think about some early spring cleaning in our hearts in this new year. You could say it's time for some of that good old-fashioned out with the old and in with the new. And so the question I want you to think about as I'm sharing with you today is this. What are you willing to get rid of this year to make more room for Jesus so that he's your priority? Let's look at it this way. I want to look at a portion of Paul's letter to the Ephesian church. This letter is a little bit different than some of his other writings. This the the book of Ephesians has three main themes in it: the believer's position through grace, the truth that concerns the body of Christ, and then then the way we should walk in accordance with our position within the body of Christ, the church, if you will. And the part that we're going to look at today is from from, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. Now, before you start looking into your Bible and going, hey, that's not what my Bible says. I'm changing things up a little bit, shifting gears. Uh, I'm reading this passage from the Good News Translation of the Bible. And I chose this 
because of the way it reads. It kind of just cuts right to the point. So here it is, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, 22 through 24. So get rid of your old self. Told you, cuts right to the point. There's no fluff here. Get rid of your old self, which makes you live as you used to. The old self that was being destroyed by its deceitful desires. Your hearts and minds must be made completely new. You must put on the new self, which is created in God's likeness and reveals itself in the true life that is upright and holy. Now, we're going to break that down a little bit. Verse 22 starts off, get rid of your old self. I said it's pretty blunt. takes all the fluff out of it. Why do we need to do that? Why do we need to get rid of our old self? Don't worry, Paul tells us why. Uh, because he says our old self is what makes us live as we used to live. You see, the old self, that was being destroyed by its deceitful desires. Sounds like to me that your old self was a pretty bad character. Wait a minute. Our old self is a pretty bad character in the eyes of the Lord. Let's look at the reasons why. Paul says that our old self was being destroyed by its deceitful desires. So what does your old self, or why does your old self have these desires? The answer to that question lies in the spirit of the world. I'm going to talk about this spirit in a little bit later, but just hold that thought because I want to tell you this. We all know this spirit, and he has a different name, but he's still the same bad old character We know him better as Satan. So when I talk about the spirit of the world, just keep that in mind. Our old self has known that spirit ever since the Garden of Eden. Romans 5.12 tells us that, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Adam was the one who brought sin into a world near you. Sin entered the world through Adam, and we have struggled with sin and sickness and death ever since. In case you aren't sure how this works, our sin is slowly destroys our old self. And it's our sin that prevents us from having an intentional, true relationship with Jesus Christ. So how can we beat the sin that's destroying our old self? Some people think they can do it on their own. Some people truly think they've never really done anything that would be considered a sin in the first place. There are many people who seriously go through life thinking, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I must be doing pretty good. Those people, they're rotten. Not me. I'm better than that. This is what Paul had to say on that topic in his letter to the Romans, chapter 3, verse 10. He says this. uh, The first part is this. As is written, none is righteous, no, not one. And then in Romans 3, 23, he also reminds them, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Did you hear that? You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And if you think you're not, stop right there and take a good hard look in the mirror because I have some bad news for you. We're still sinners. So how do we ditch this old self and and the sin that it brings along with it? And this is the best part of the whole message. I really wish I could have saved the best for last, but I can't because it needs to go right here. Jesus took care of our sin. He took care of our sin on the cross many years ago. Let that sink in. Our sin, mine, yours, 
It died on the cross at Calvary with Jesus Christ. It's amazing how much our God loves us. Some people have a hard time with this concept, but it's quite simple. Listen closely because this is, this is that good news. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you follow the example that's set for us in Acts 2.38, where Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you see it? You want to get rid of your old self? It's right there. It starts here. It starts with repent of your sin. Confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then your sin is dead. Period. We are then dead to sin and alive to live our life for God and be faithful to Him. That's the hard part. Scripture also tells us as Christians we need to be faithful unto death. And sometimes we get sidetracked. And and that's where even as Christians we circle back to some of those old desires, some of those old self things that we're comfortable with, and we sin again. But when we repent, when we turn around, when we ask forgiveness, it's given. And let's be fair. We all know the nice woman up the road. She's, She's always had something nice to say, never says a bad word about anyone, always supports the kids who come to the door, fundraising for various things, even cooks dinner for the elderly gentleman that lives across the street. She lives a good life for the most part. She's free from sin, especially because she works so hard. Paul addresses this person also in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. says, For by the grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. See, we are saved from sin, we are saved from death, but only because God gives that gift to those who believe. So now that we have that straight, we're all sinners. We know that our sin died on the cross with Jesus. That, that takes care of the whole, let's get rid of that sinful old self. Uh, matter of fact, even Isaiah tells us in 64, chapter 64, verse 6, he says, we have all become like one who is unclean. All our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. Other translations say this, all our righteousness are as filthy rags. That's, that's on ourself. That's our righteousness. That's not Christ in us because he takes care of that. But on our own, our righteousness is like filthy rags. Our old self is an unclean thing. Our, your old self is a filthy rag. When you go to clean your kitchen, you don't go to the, to the laundry basket and get an old dirty rag to clean the countertop. You don't get an old dirty rag, dirty towel that you've bathed and dried yourself with to dry off your dishes and put them in the cabinet so you can then eat from them later. Your old self is an unclean thing, a filthy rag, and it needs to stay old. Don't bring it back to the new creation that you are. The only way to become clean again is through that personal, ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 tells us this. Our hearts and our minds must be made completely new. This is one verse of scripture that just says a lot. Our hearts and our minds must be completely new. As we consider out with the old and in with the new, let's see what needs to take place in order to have our hearts and our minds made completely new. You see, the first part of this change It's pretty dramatic. 
we have to change our thought process 180 degrees. We have to stop doing what we were doing with our old self and completely turn and go in opposite direction. For the non-engineers in the room, you just have to turn around. God needs to be first in your life. No exceptions, no substitutions. Part of putting that old self to death is that our old self does no, long, no longer matters as much as Christ in us matters. God must be first in your life. And that can be a pretty tall order, especially in our current culture, because we've been taught from childhood to look out for ourselves. We're encouraged about the whole me, me, me thing. We're constantly bombarded by television that we need this or we need that to make us happy, especially coming through November and December, where it's, where it's like all these ads for Christmas and for gifts. The whole goal of TV in general, and in advertising in particular, is to make us forget about the rest of the world and just think about ourselves. How many of you have been just, ah, bored, I'll, I'll go look at what's on Amazon, and you, you go in through there, or, or wish.com is my guilty pleasure. I've never ordered anything off of Wish, but I sure have wasted a lot of time thumbing through the page of Wish and going, oh, I need that. No, I don't. I don't need light-up tennis shoes. I'm 48 years old. I'd wear them. They look cool, but I don't need them. I don't, you know, but, but we see that stuff. Oh, I need that. I, I need that. No, we don't. See, the, the whole purpose of TV, the advertisements, it gets us to thinking that we're more important than we really are. And the sad thing is we start to believe that lie, which takes us to a place where we we believe we're so important that we're even more important than God. And some of you are like, whoa, I've never said that. No, you haven't, but we've all acted like it from time to time. Actions speak louder than words. And once again, I've lost half of you because I just said you act like you're more important than God, but I love you and I want you to know we do that. You remember earlier when I mentioned the spirit of the world, that Satan and how he works hard to make us believe those things and to keep us from seeing the truth? That's what he does. The Holy Spirit and the spirit of the world represent the kind of change that we must make. And Holy, the Holy Spirit and Satan are, are on, they're two polar opposites in this spectrum. And just as our old thought processes are, are far from what they need to be, we really have to battle that. Satan loves complacency. He's all right if you're not involved, if you're not active. Those last five words of this verse are very important. Paul says we must be made completely new. Our heart and our mind must be made completely new. He doesn't say half new. He doesn't say let your mind be made completely new. He doesn't say let your heart be made completely new. He doesn't say let your heart and mind be made three quarters new. He says completely new. Once we make this change in our point of view from a me-centered self to a God-centered self, our whole life needs to be this way. That's part of that being faithful unto death thing. Here again is another one of those, it's a hard-to-grasp concept. We have to put God as the center of our focus, as the center of our attention all the time. And that's really hard to do when we like ourselves so much. Well, what about me? Me doesn't matter because me got buried and left behind. What matters now is me made new in Christ. Hey, we all know 
some Sunday Christians where from 11 o'clock to 12 or 12.20, God is the focus of their life every Sunday. But that's not how it works. God needs to be the focus of our lives all the time, every day. Once we do that, once the old self is gone, verse 24 says it's time to put on the new self. And our new self, as a believer in Christ, new self is new creation. And here's the important point. If the old self is dead, old self was crucified with Christ, then new self has a new life that's created in God's likeness. Your new self created in God's likeness. You're thinking, wait a minute. It says in Genesis we were created in God's own image. And you're right. So how many times do we need to be created in God's image? And I think what Paul's shooting for here. There's a little bit of a different meaning. With our new self, we are to act more like God toward others. It means we need to forgive easier. We need to forget some things. We need to leave some things in last year and move into what new year has with a new beginning. We're to act more like God towards others. We're to lead a life that is selfless. One where we are willing and happy to help others in need. One where we are willing and happy to walk alongside someone in accountability without judgment. We're to be changed by Jesus. We're to be on mission with Jesus. We're supposed to live a life that is holy, putting God in the proper place in our lives. The focus, the true center and purpose for our being is, is focused on Christ. That's why God created us, to worship Him, to be in relationship with Him. And when God is the center of our attention, life just seems to make more sense. When God is the center of my attention, I treat other people better. When I am the center of my attention, I tend to treat people less than average because I worry about what I can get out of something. I worry about how how maybe I've been slighted or hurt or offended or talked about or whatever. But when God is my center, when God is my focus, I don't worry about those things. When God is my focus, when God is my center of attention, I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, I'm a better preacher. I'm a better friend. But when I get sidetracked and I get focused on me, I become a less than average father, husband, preacher, friend. It's the same for all of us. We are supposed to live a life that is holy, putting God in His proper place, putting God as the true center and purpose for our being. When we begin to see life from this perspective, life takes on a whole new meaning. And so the question that I have for you today is this, and you can write this down and reflect on it throughout the year, but which self are you? Are you still the old self? Where you need to find the saving grace of Jesus Christ? Maybe you're the new self. If you're the new self, you need to help find those that are still walking around as old selves. In Sunday school, we talked about our our mission and our vision statement of Huntsville Christian Church. And for years, it was um, win, connect, or win, commit, grow. That's what we need to do. I, we added go a few years back because we need to go and find people who are walking around as their old selves so that we can win them into a relationship with Christ, so that we can help them be committed to Him, so we can help them grow in Him and spread the good news of the gospel so that they can be saved just like we are. And that's what go to win and commit to grow is all about. Look, Jesus is coming again. According to his timeline, he's coming soon. So where will you be when he returns? Will you be a new creation, dressed in his righteousness, 
Or will you still be your old self dressed in the worldly splendor of your filthy rags? 2 Corinthians says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If this is true, if we are made new with Christ, then what have you done with your new heart? What will you do with the new life you have in Christ? What will you do with the new hope you've been given in Christ? In this new year, what will you do differently for Christ this year that you haven't done in years past? Something to remember. This is not a a works theology thing. God does not need our sweat on his sacrifice. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here today. But he does require our obedience. What does that look like for you this morning? And maybe for you it's time to submit to Jesus Christ by repenting of your sins and being baptized for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The baptistry is ready. We would love to start off the new year by helping you say goodbye to your old self. Maybe for you it's time to partner with with us here at Huntsville Christian Church to come alongside us as a church as we go into the community to, to win and commit people to grow in Christ. Maybe you're starting the new year with some trials, some things you don't really understand, some frustrations, and you would just like some prayer for your family or your situation. The elders are here. They would love to go and pray with you this morning. Whatever your response is today, though, will you stand and sing our response song with us and respond to God's word accordingly?